Welcome to the Truth Hurts Program. Opinions expressed here are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. I'm Steve Z. Let's get started. And in case I didn't say it already, welcome to the Truth Hurts program. I am your host, Steve Z. This is the afternoon edition for January 12th, Tuesday. Just nine days left to go in the Trump presidency, if he makes it that long. Efforts are, of course, underway to have him impeached or to convince Mike Pence and a majority of the cabinet members to declare him unfit for duty and have him physically removed from office such a shame. Let's get right to it, shall we? I'd like to start out this segment by saying, first and foremost, that I do not believe Donald Trump had anything at all to do with inciting mob action, riot, entering, breaking and entering, destruction of property, assault, or any of the attacks at the Capitol on January 6th. I don't think Trump had anything at all directly to do with that. I've reviewed hours and hours of his public commentary. I reviewed his tweets and his writings. Nowhere in any of his communications did he even hint at anyone doing anything illegal, unethical, or immoral. Nothing whatsoever. But the slime bags at the New York Slimes newspaper decided to write a piece earlier today to say that President Trump on Tuesday showed no contrition or regret for instigating the mob that stormed the Capitol and threatened the lives of members of Congress and his vice president, saying that his remarks to rally beforehand were totally appropriate and that the effort by Congress to impeach and convict him was causing tremendous anger. Let me stop. The president is 100% correct. He did nothing inappropriate. He simply wanted his supporters to continue to support him. They gathered Hundreds of thousands of peaceful Trump supporters gathered in Washington, D.C. And anytime you have hundreds of thousands of people gathered, especially when they feel that they had an election stolen from them, you're going to find a few bad actors, a few bad apples in the bunch. And you may also find some people from the other side who inserted themselves into the chaos, into the violence into the destructive behavior and fomented the activities of those few radicals that were already there. The vast, vast majority of the people who were in attendance at the Trump rally in Washington, D.C. were peaceful protestors. Hey, New York Slimes, do you remember that moniker? That expression and description of people? Peaceful protesters? Hundreds of thousands, and yet only 52 arrests. Videos showing Capitol Police, or at least people dressed like them, ushering protesters in and showing them where to go. This article continues. Answering questions from reporters for the first time since the violence at the Capitol on Wednesday, the president sidestepped questions about his culpability in the deadly riot that shook the nation's long tradition of peaceful transfers of power. 
Stop once again. The peaceful transfer of power will continue. The rights of Congress people and senators to question and even rally against the results of the Electoral College is a time-honored tradition. The last three times that tradition was exercised was by Democrats in the election against Clinton, in the election against Gore. Just look at the history books, unless they've erased those chapters, which they are wont to do. Mr. Trump told reporters at Joint Base Andrews en route to Alamo, Texas, where he's set to visit the border wall, quote, people thought what I said was totally appropriate. Mr. Trump claims the racial justice protests over the summer were the real problem, and he's right. And the media, like the New York Slimes, calling those very violent, very destructive protests over the summer peaceful protests was an outright lie. Trump said, if you look at what other people have said, politicians at a high level about the riots during the summer, the horrible riots in Portland and Seattle and various other places, that was a real problem. Stop. Once again, Mr. Trump is correct. The article continues, Mr. Trump's defiance came despite near universal condemnation of his role in stoking the assault on the Capitol. Stop! Universal condemnation of his role? No, 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 New York Slimes. There was universal condemnation of the violent action that occurred in the Capitol and against those very few radicals who incited that violence. There was not anywhere near universal condemnation of the president's role because the president had no role. The president did not have a role in stoking the assault on the Capitol. Earlier, he asserted it might have been the impeachment charge and not the violence and ransacking of the Capitol that was causing tremendous anger. Listen, there's tremendous anger in half of the United States of America's population. It's over the false narrative, the phony impeachments, the narratives, the investigations, the assaults on our freedom of speech, our freedom of expression, our freedom to peacefully assemble, the double standard in media coverage, the double standard in the way the left treats anyone who dares defy them. Trump has been largely silent since Friday, this article continues. That was when Trump permanently had his Twitter account suspended. When asked directly on Tuesday morning if he would resign with nine days left in office, his answer was simply, I want no violence. He did not address his own role in inciting the mob of Trump supporters, according to this article, because he had no f***ing role. Instead, the president framed himself as a victim, which he was, calling impeachment a continuation of the greatest witch hunt in the history of politics, which it is. He thinks it's causing tremendous anger, he said. Now, Trump is headed to Texas, to the border with Mexico, to promote the border wall, which was shot down at every single pass. Trump administration does view what he did get done as an accomplishment. Remember, Pelosi and them said he will not build one new foot of wall, much less a mile, and he built hundreds and hundreds of miles. 
Listen, folks, a reporter can go into any city and find a group of people who love Donald Trump. And they can go to the other side of town and find a group of people who really hate Donald Trump. This New York Slimes article went out of their way to find someone who does not like Donald Trump. A spokesman for a group of organizers who plan two parades to protest against Trump said, We cannot allow Trump to bring his racist mob to the Rio Grande Valley. Why are they automatically a racist mob? Hmm? Race-baiting, pandering, kiss-ass New York slimes. We'll be back. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Social Media Application Department. Can I help you? Um, yes. Thank you. I'm seeking to open a social media account with your platform. What is the nature of your content? Oh, I'd like to start a page that talks about how life was back in the good old days. Please clarify what you mean by the good old days, sir. Well, I want to be able to post pictures of my younger days. You know, pictures of me playing ball with my friends, school dances, motorcycles, bonfires water skiing, you know, good times at the beach, normal things, pictures from my younger days. You will have to answer the following questions, sir. What is your race? My, my what? Your race. You mean like, what is my ethnic background? Sir, it's a very simple question. What is your race? Well, I don't see what race has to do with me opening a social media account. It's required, sir. Please provide your race. Well, I'm Caucasian. You've indicated Caucasian. Is there any Hispanic connection? I'm sorry, what? Are you just plain old white, or are you of Hispanic origin, sir? Well, my mother's grandfather was from Spain, so yeah, I guess I do have a Hispanic background. I'm sorry, sir. Spain is part of the white European subculture that stole this nation from its indigenous peoples. The same culture that brought Africans over as slaves. An origin from Spain does not qualify as... Hispanic, sir. But the word Hispanic means of Spanish origin. That's literally the definition of Hispanic. Please stop shouting, sir. I am sensitive to excessive noises, bright lights, and flashing things. And for your information, sir, your explanation of having a grandfather from Spain has no bearing. For our purposes, we do not subscribe to the Oxford English Dictionary's white supremacist appropriation of the English language to further subvert cultures in America. What the what to do the what to who? Can, can I open a social media account or not? We have more questions for you, sir. What is your gender identification? My, my gender identification? You mean, am I a man or a woman? It should be obvious. You are obviously not sensitive to the fact that there are many more genders than just binary male and binary female. Based on the information you've provided, it's not looking good for you to be able to qualify to hold a social media account with our big tech organization. But I I don't understand. I just want to post pictures of my youth, of my childhood, of days on the beach with my friends. Your white friends? It doesn't matter. They're my friends. It does, sir. We would have to review, based on our terms of service, all of the videos and photographs that you wish to submit. 
if they in any way, shape, manner, fashion, or form depict anything other than a demographically accurate representation of our nation's demography, including race, gender, and other factors, sir, we just cannot possibly consider giving you an account. Wait a minute. You want to exclude me because you think I'm not inclusive enough? It's really simple, sir. You're acting like an obvious racist and an obviously gender-biased individual. You do not meet our terms of service or our standards for inclusiveness. Wait a minute. You, you, you really want to exclude me because you don't think I'm inclusive enough? Is that, is that correct? Do you not see the double standard you are applying? You are welcome to visit our website and to read and understand our mission, our terms of service, and our policy towards people like you. You may leave a comment on that page, but be advised, we do not read or acknowledge any of those comments. But I... Have a nice, inclusively equality-filled day, sir. But, but... Good afternoon, everybody. It is the January 12th midday edition of the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. The double standard, as I often point out on this program, is alive and kicking. You see, right now they want to impeach Donald Trump because he urged his supporters to come on down to Washington, D.C. and support him. He did not once reference directly or even indirectly any desire for anyone who came down to D.C. to be violent, to be disorderly, to break into the Capitol, to destroy property, or to do anything of the sort. Not one word. I've listened to all of his public speeches for the past month. I spent time reviewing each word, each line. I've read his entire collection of tweets, of course, up until the point that Twitter decided to cut him off and Facebook decided to cut him off. Nowhere in any of his writings, any of his speeches, any of his public appearances, was there a single reference calling any of his supporters to violent actions. Not a one. So now your tax dollars are going to be wasted in another likely fruitless endeavor to further tarnish the name of Donald Trump. As I've said in the past, and I predicted accurately three months ago on this very program, the Democrats will try once again to either impeach Donald Trump or to invoke the 25th Amendment to have him forcefully removed from office. They will, mind you, as last time and the time before and the time before and the time before that, they will have no credible evidence whatsoever to bring forward. The goal is not to prove that Donald Trump did anything wrong, but only to lead the sheeple into believing he must have. After all, he's been accused and accused and accused and accused, so he must have done something wrong, right? Each accusation has been met with very lengthy, in-depth, I mean, colonoscopy deep kind of investigations into every aspect of each of those allegations. And you know what they found each and every time? They found nothing. They found that Donald J. Trump did not collude with Russia, did not interfere 
illegally in the Ukraine did not have any of those accusations proven to be founded. They were all unfounded, unproven, and even acquitted. Now, because certain members of Congress have decided to question the Electoral College's wisdom in selecting sleepy, creepy, touchy-feely, mopey, dopey, little girl, gropey Joe Biden as the next president, even though there were mountains of evidence of fraud and irregularity in the voting process, Democrats now want to not only tarnish Donald Trump's name and reputation, they want to physically remove him from office and legally prevent him from ever running for public office again. They are truly that scared of the power this man holds. In addition, members of Congress are now wanting to censure, remove, eject, do away with as many as 139 members of the House of Representatives who all happen to be Republican. They want to do so because those people had the audacity, the nerve, the unmitigated gall to do something that they claim has never been done before. Question the validity of an election by the Electoral College? Why, that's unheard of. Or is it? In fact, recent precedents for challenging the Electoral College certification in Congress have come not from Republican lawmakers, but from Democrats. You heard me correctly. Over the past 20 years, Democrats have on three separate occasions objected to the validity of the electoral votes on the very floor of Congress. Wednesday, last week, January 6th, was the first time Republicans chose to do so in the past 20 years. Senator Josh Hawley, a Republican from Missouri, wrote in a statement December 30th, quote, I cannot vote to certify the Electoral College results on January 6th without raising the fact that some states, particularly Pennsylvania, failed to follow their own state election laws. That's a fact. It is reality. And it is his duty, his obligation, his constitutional responsibility to object. He, a dozen Republican senators, and about 138 other House GOP members challenged electoral states during that joint session of Congress last week. Remember? And now they're claiming that Donald Trump incited a riot, incited insurrection, incited a coup attempt against the United States. They're doing so to further divide our nation. They certainly want it to be the us against them, the them against we, the they against those. That's what they want, people. They want us to continuously fight and fight and fight amongst each other so that Joe Biden or Camel Toe Harris can implement martial law and lock down this nation and strip away piece by piece, line by line, word by word, and letter by letter the very fabric of our founding documents, the Constitution and its Bill of Rights. If we act like animals for long enough, then Gropey Joe or Camel Toe will have all the ammunition they need to declare a national state of emergency in order to protect us from ourselves, 
in order to protect our nation from another civil war. When it's that very civil war that they are seeking, it is that very civil war that they need to have in order to implement widespread, full-scale socialism, communism, Marxism, whatever the hell you want to call it, it will be called Bidenism or Harrisism by the time it's all over with. There is a concerted effort between the Democrats, the far left, their willing partners in broadcast media, print media, and social media. They're shutting down Twitter accounts for the president, Donald Trump, for his supporters, for his followers. They're calling for protests against companies whose representatives may or may not have attended the Wednesday storming of the Capitol event. Case in point, Donald Rouse Sr. started a family grocery store business in South Louisiana many years ago. The store is a very well-stocked, very clean, courteous, customer service-oriented business. They employ polite cashiers and stockers and managers. Otherwise, those people do not remain employed there very long. They pay a little bit better than the big box grocery stores pay their employees. They offer benefits. And Donald Rouse Sr., who retired from the company years ago and left the operation of the company to his son, to the rest of his family, a true family-owned American success story is now being boycotted by a freaking Mardi Gras crew out of New Orleans called the Red Beans and Rice Crew. They issued a statement stating that they want to boycott Rouse's supermarkets. According to Big Easy Magazine, there's a controversy brewing with Donald Rouse and the Rouse's supermarket chain since the retired former owner and CEO allegedly attended a Trump rally in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. Now, the Red Beans and Rice crew, the crew of Red Beans, has made it clear that they are severing their ties with the Rouse food chain and returning $20,000 in donations that the grocery store chain made to the crew of Red Beans. Part of the statement from Devin D. Wolf of the Red Beans and Rice crew says, The political views of the Rouse family are irrelevant in our decision-making process, but in the actions of yesterday, a line was crossed. A line was crossed by Mr. Trump and his supporters, including one Louisiana senator and five Louisiana congressional representatives. So you, a liberal, are angry with the constitutionally provided rights of congressmen and senators to question the validity of an election when your own party did the very same thing three of the four times it was done in the last 20 years? You're a clown. You're a joke. 
You belong in a red bean and rice Mardi Gras crew. You are irrelevant as far as I am concerned, as is your joke of a Mardi Gras crew. The statement goes on to say, Every single American must now ask themselves where they stand. We stand with the people of New Orleans. Hey, clown, you don't stand with me. You may stand with the 68% double-A hyphenated minority Democrat crowd in the shitty of New Orleans. The statement continues, The crew of Red Beans will be returning $20,000 to Rouse's Markets, $15,000 for a custom-designed float house as part of the Hire a Mardi Gras Artist campaign, and $5,000 which supported our Lundi Gras celebration. Moving forward, we will no longer shop at Rouse's. Hey, good for you. I'm glad. Keep your filthy, nasty, liberal garbage out of the Rouse's Markets. I and my family will continue to shop there. Better service, higher quality products, and now no longer the stench of red bean in the stores. I sincerely hope that the Rouse's company understands that it's no big loss. Let me explain this Mardi Gras house theory to those of you who don't know. In the midst of the Wuhan, China, novel coronavirus pandemic of 2019 that was dragged out through 2020 and is now being shoveled out in front of you like horseshit into 2021, many of the, well, hell, let's just say it, all of the Mardi Gras parades for this coming Mardi Gras season have been canceled by the likes of La Toilette Cantrell, the mayor of New Orleans, and by Cynthia Lee Chang of Jefferson Parish. They're canceling Mardi Gras. They don't want people to get COVID while they're out in public, in the open air. So, all of the Mardi Gras float designers, the artists who put together the magnificent Mardi Gras floats and all of the decorations and things at the Mardi Gras balls have pretty much all been laid off. A good friend of mine's daughter does that for a living. She is an artist making Mardi Gras floats, or at least she was until she was laid off. Some uptown folks in New Orleans got together, some artsy-fartsy types, and said, hey, instead of the Mardi Gras parades driving down the street, why don't we use our talents and our artistic gifts to decorate some houses along some of the parade routes, and then people can simply drive by the houses and still get the flavor of Mardi Gras. And people were willing to pony up ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars to support these starving artists. Didn't say we want to support Democrat artists or Republican artists or even independent artists. They just wanted to support a bunch of people in the city that add to the flair, the flavor, the pomp and the circumstances of carnival season and give them jobs decorating the fronts of people's homes along the famous parade routes. God, sounds like a pretty good idea to me. If I had an extra 10 grand lying around and I lived on one of those wonderful oak-lined routes of the parades, I would certainly have considered, because it's tax-deductible, of course, making that type of donation to keep those artists working. 
Mr. Donald Rouse Sr., who does not live in New Orleans, but rather in a town about an hour and 15 minutes away, decided to do what he thought was a good thing. He encouraged his family, the Rouse management, to go ahead and make a donation to the starving artists, to the Mardi Gras house group. So they issued $15,000 for this group of artists to transform the front of one of the residences in New Orleans. And then they donated another $5,000 to the actual Lundi Gras, which is Monday before Mardi Gras, celebration for this particular crew of red beans. The crew of red beans describes itself on its Facebook page, quote, the crew of red beans was created for Lundi Gras 2009. The idea was to take inspiration from different elements of New Orleans culture, making a suit like an Indian and second lining like a social aid and pleasure club, and of course to celebrate the culinary tradition of red beans on Monday, unquote. Not only is the crew of Red Beans now returning money to the Rouse's grocery store chains, but it's now going around that a possible boycott is being planned on Facebook. While the demands don't seem to connect to the Trump rally, to insurrection, or Donald Rouse's involvement, there are several demands, including number one, setting up food insecurity programs in the city, and two, equal access to high-quality produce in all grocery stores. Let me tell you something, folks. Anything to get your name on the front page. I personally will make damn sure to shop at the locally owned, family owned, conservative Christian value owned Rouse's grocery stores. They really do have a wide variety of higher end merchandise, including the higher quality produce that groups like the crew of red beans and other very biased racist groups are always demanding they they can't wait they can't wait for a company to build a grocery store in the hood and then they trash it they tear it apart they tear it down and then when things don't go their way they boycott i only wish i had the kind of money that some of these large grocery store chain owners had. And then one Friday, I'd just get sick and tired of all this bullshit, and I'd simply close the store. I'd have a professional construction company come in, board up the windows and the doors. I'd have a company come in, a salvage-type company, and I'd have them pull out all the groceries and all of the food. I'd go down and I'd donate a lot of the perishable food to food banks, to the associated Catholic charities, to people who are not racially biased against white males, then I would simply close it up. Tell everybody, sorry, you're fired. I've made my millions, my billions. Go out and figure it out on your own. Then I'd put the property up for sale and I'd sell it even, even at a loss. Or I'd just hang on to it. And as people loot it and destroy it and bomb it and burn it and do all those destructive things to it, I'd file an insurance claim. I'd get the money out of it again. Then I'd sell it. Let some liberal move in and take over and put a grocery store in there and see just how long it takes for his endeavor to be trashed, to be bashed, to be burned, looted, and boycotted against. 
businesses have to make a profit or they don't stay in business. You can't make a profit if you open up a grocery store in a shitty neighborhood and 30 to 40 to 50% of all of your product walks out the door without being paid for. And then you get spit on and called a racist because you decide to do a wise economic move and close your business. Or you dare hire security. Oh my gosh. It truly is ridiculous, folks. And it sickens me to my stomach. Now before you start screaming that the Rouse's people are just terrible people, I want to read something for you, or to you rather. This was dated April 25th. 2020. And this appeared in the Mid-City Messenger, news from Mid-City, New Orleans. It says, quote, from the crew of Red Beans, crew of Red Beans, Rouse's Markets, the Preservation Hall Foundation, Umbrella Market, and the New Orleans Musicians Clinic and Assistance Foundation are partnering for a new effort to ease the pain of the pandemic. And it's called the Feed the Second Line program. On March 17th, the crew of Red Beans, a group that holds the Lundy Gras walking parade. See, these people can't even afford a float. They just walk around with bowls of Red Beans the day before Mardi Gras. Whoop-de-doo! They began raising money to buy food from locally owned New Orleans restaurants. And quickly the effort grew. A month later, the crew of Red Beans was operating the largest such effort in the U.S., As of April 19th, the Feed the Frontline NOLA had sent 60,000 meals to doctors, nurses, and other healthcare workers engaged directly with COVID-19 patients. They spent $566,000 in the local economy, and so far, 49 restaurants and coffee shops are being supported by the initiative. This was in partnership with Rouse's Food Stores. It says here, The team at Rouse's Markets worked with Feed the Second Line to create a shopping list that included more than 300 grocery items with a focus on local brands, plus essential household supplies and personal items. Market Umbrella will provide healthy, fresh products directly from local food producers, which include farmers, fishers, ranchers, and more. The New Orleans Musicians Clinic and Foundation will help with identifying those individuals in need to participate in the aspects of the program. Sounds like Rouse's market's pretty damn good to me. The article continues, The new initiative builds on Rouse's market's commitment to support vulnerable communities impacted by COVID-19. In March, the grocer kicked off the the first-in-the-country program to sell ready-made meals from local restaurants in their stores and proceeds of those sales of these chef prepared meals will go directly to the impacted restaurants. This is what they're now protesting against the crew of red beans. They're now protesting because the former owner of Rouse's markets who retired years ago had the audacity to go to Washington DC to stand in a crowd of hundreds of thousands of people who supported their president, his president, your president, my president, Donald J. Trump. And now, because some butthurt liberal who thinks he's important in the city because he walks around the day before Mardi Gras wearing a red beans and rice costume, thinks he was wounded and offended because 
some certain few, very few people, participated in an activity that I don't approve of. They stormed the Capitol because some people claiming to be Trump supporters engaged in that action with 52 arrests, and yet they still haven't released the names, the identities, the social media accounts of those, so we know that they were not all true Trump supporters. Because of that action, this clown, this liberal snowflake, this fragile little creature has decided to go public with his disdain towards the very hand that feeds him. They really truly are morons and idiots, people. If I were the Rouse's organization, I would say, well, we're severing ties with the crew of Red Beans, but we are going to endeavor to continue helping people as we always have because that is the Rouse's way, and I would find another organization to partner with. I'm sure there are other organizations in New Orleans that don't have a true hate and disdain for Donald Trump. After all, damn near 50% of the country voted for Trump in this election. We all know it was more, but let's not even split hairs on that. We know that at least 75 million Americans voted for Donald Trump. I'm glad Mardi Gras was canceled for you, crew of red beans. I'm glad you get to sit home this year and wallow in self-pity. Your guy won. You guys should be dancing in the streets, but instead, you're locked down by Mayor LaToilette Cantrell and endless and ongoing shutdowns, shuttering of business, shuttering of tourism. You get what you asked for, you clown. I'm not even going to bother mentioning anything else about the crew of Red Beans other than snowflakes melt in the sunlight. We'll be right back. There's an article on Newsmax, and it says, Analysis, media have hypocritical double standard on Trump versus BLM protests. I've told you this weeks ago. I told you this last week, especially in regarding the Wednesday, January 6th protests at the U.S. Capitol. This article starts out, Wednesday was proof that how corporate media and Democrat politicians report and comment on acts of civil unrest depends upon who is engaged in the rioting. Six months ago, the New York Times, which has been described as the national newspaper of record, made excuses for the rioters who attempted to take over the federal courthouse in Portland, Oregon. That's key here, people, the federal courthouse. The New York Slimes reported, quote, the nightly assault on the federal courthouse has been part of a much wider peaceful resistance that began assembling nearly two months ago in the wake of the criminal George Floyd's death at the hands of the Minneapolis police. The aim, as it has been for other cities, was to assemble for sweeping police reforms and racial justice. Now that same newspaper, the New York Slimes, reported on last Wednesday's protest in Washington, D.C., the peaceful resistance suddenly became a mob. Instead of assembling, the protesters engaged in rampage and chaos incited by President Trump, which became a part of his legacy. They're writing the narrative, people. They're writing the narrative. 
Liberal Vox's German Lopez proclaimed during last summer that the riots are destructive, dangerous, and scary. They serve a purpose because they can lead to serious social reforms. But Lopez had a change of heart when he reported on Wednesday's melee. He believes, quote, every person who forced their way into the Capitol should be arrested, unquote. CNN reported on the August mass destruction back in Kenosha, Wisconsin as, quote, fiery but mostly peaceful, unquote as buildings burned and cars were toppled and glass windows were broken out and businesses were looted and people were assaulted. CNN correspondent Omar Jimenez described the scene back then as an expression of anger and frustration while the entire background was engulfed in flames. Likewise, last year, during a bowel movement, a BLM protest in CNN, Anchor Chris Fuedo Cuomo made excuses for the rioters. He said on air, quote, Please show me where it says protesters are supposed to be polite and peaceful, unquote. CNN's stance did a 180 about face reporting on last Wednesday, Wednesday's protest at the Capitol building. CNN reported, quote, America faces 13 days of danger before the departure of an unhinged commander-in-chief who has set his mob on the U.S. Capitol in an act of insurrection that shattered more than a 220-year tradition of peaceful transfers of power, unquote. If you remember, back in September, two Los Angeles police officers were shot in what appeared to be an ambush attack. Jameel Hill, contributing writer for The Atlantic, showed some sympathy for those two shooters. She tweeted, 606 lawsuits were filed against the L.A. police, with 539 against the L.A. County Sheriff's Office. The county spent $81 million settling or litigating these lawsuits. What happened to these officers was awful, but it's funny how the police want everyone else to be accountable but them. She changed her tune, of course, on Wednesday, talking about the protests when she made it a race issue, claiming that the officers at the Capitol were going way too easy on the rioters. She tweeted, quote, Let's just be clear about something. The reason the Capitol Police was slow to respond is because they gave these white people the benefit of the doubt and treated it like a joke. Their reaction isn't the same because they see black people as a threat that needs to be eliminated, unquote. Let's be clear. There was one person who was eliminated on Wednesday by Capitol Police. She was an unarmed woman. Her name was Ashley Babbitt. She was white. She was shot by a Capitol Police officer while she was just standing there. Ashley Babbitt was white. But she was a Trump supporter, which apparently marks her for death and makes her death the result of an outrageous and exclusive use of police force perfectly justified in the eyes of the liberal media. Pollster Matt McDermott observed back in 2018, quote, An incredible scene on Capitol Hill right now where thousands of anti-Kavanaugh protesters have taken over the Senate office building, unquote. On Wednesday, pollster Matt McDermott changed his tune to, quote, We are witnessing a domestic terrorism attack incited by the Republican Party, unquote. You see the double standard here? 
Now let's hearken back to the first presidential debate where President Trump challenged Joe Biden to denounce Antifa, the organization behind most of the arson, the looting, and the rioting and causing billions of dollars in property damage. Joe declined, claiming that Antifa is, quote, an idea, not an organization, unquote. When commenting on Wednesday's protest, it was a change of tune. At this hour of our democracy, under unprecedented assault, unlike anything we've seen in modern times, Gropey Joe said, this is not dissent, this is disorder. It's chaos, it borders on sedition, and it must end now. Joe Biden's teleprompter read a different tune, now didn't it? On one hand, he says that he will not denounce Antifa because Antifa is an idea, not an organization. We all know it's an organization. An organization of sickos with an idea. But now, Joe Biden changes his tune and says, At this hour, our democracy is under unprecedented assault, unlike anything we've seen in modern times. That is a lie. We've seen lots of this garbage in modern times. He added, this is not dissent, it's disorder, it's chaos, it borders on sedition, and it must end now. Funny how he supports anarchy, riots, looting, arson, assault, and battery when it's being done by people who support him. As recently as November 2020, Monica Showalter observed on American Thinker that Senator Chuck Schumer from New York was among Democrat leaders that could not bring themselves to condemn the violence perpetrated by Black Lives Matter and Antifa. He compared Wednesday's protest, however, to the sneak attack on Pearl Harbor, Chuck Schumer did. What an idiot. Chuckles over the glasses Schumer said on the Senate floor, quote, Franklin Roosevelt set a day aside that will live in infamy. Unfortunately, we can now add January 6, 2021 to that very short list of dates in American history that will live forever in infamy. And, of course, senior political correspondent Britt Hume of Fox News said, quote, Don't be surprised if we learn in the days ahead that the Trump rioters were infiltrated by leftist extremists. Note, this is not to excuse any of them. Now, although Newsmax has reported they have no evidence that BLM or Antifa actively worked to agitate at the pro-Trump rally in Washington, you and I both know that it did. We do have loads of evidence that the media have a big double standard when reporting on protests and riots that turn ugly, violent, and sometimes deadly. Thanks to the folks at Newsmax, that was a very poignant, very relevant comparison to support what I, your host, Steve Z of the Truth Hurts program, have been telling you for several months now. It is a joke. The double standard is alive, and it is killing our democracy. We'll be right back. Stick this up your fact checker. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts program. All the truth you can handle. In a move that is making our nation seem more and more and more like the communist Russia of the 1960s, Amid the continuing fallout from last week's little skirmish at the Capitol building that the media is calling a deadly siege on the U.S. Capitol, Democrats are now forging ahead with legislation to remove not only Donald Trump with the 25th, 
but to remove as many as 139 Republican Congress people for supposedly inciting the so-called riot at the Capitol. Now, there's been a lot of focus on Trump's possible impeachment or the use of the 25th Amendment to remove him from office. We went over that in detail in yesterday's program. Some House Democrats now say they want to invoke the 14th Amendment to call for the removal of Trump as well as congressional Republicans who helped to so-called incite the insurrection through their push to invalidate the results of the Electoral College vote in the 2020 presidential election. Imagine how wacky that would have sounded when the Democrats voted to try and nullify the Electoral College votes in Bush v. Gore or in Hillary Clinton v. Trump. It did happen. They did go to Congress and try to nullify the votes of the Electoral College in both the Al Gore loss and the Hillary Rotten Clinton loss. On This Week with George Stephanopoulopoulopoulos on Sunday, Representative Alexandria Horseface Cortez of New York said, If we allow insurrection against the United States with impunity, with no accountability, we're inviting it to happen again. The 14th Amendment was adopted just after the Civil War to set terms for the readmission of former Confederate states into the Union. Section 3 of that 14th Amendment says, No elected official shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or any state who have previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each House, remove such disability. So how would it work? Cory Bush, the new member of the squad, the AA-hyphenated American minority, is seeking to expel Republican members of Congress who challenged the electoral results claiming that their challenge helped incite the mob at the Capitol. According to her proposal, lawmakers who sought to overturn the presidential election violated their oath of office to uphold the Constitution, and they should face sanctions, including removal. She said, I believe the Republican members of Congress who have incited this domestic terror attack through their attempts to overturn the election must face the consequences. They have broken their sacred oath of office. She couldn't be more wrong. You're wrong, Miss Bush. You are incorrect. You are completely without merit. A congressman's duty is to investigate whether or not the electoral college votes are valid and legitimate and to question any improprieties. And that's what many sought to do. They didn't call for a riot. They didn't incite a riot. They didn't invite people down to the Capitol to create disorder, discontent. You're wrong, Miss Bush. You are a clown. You are a joke amongst jokes. 
On the House side, the focus has been on the House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, who continues to question the election results, even after the attack on the Capitol, as well as Alabama Representative Mo Brooks, who, before the riot, said that today is the day American patriots start taking down names and kicking ass. He said so at the March to Save America rally. Timing of pipe bombs found and other destructive acts performed by those 52 people who stormed the Capitol proves that they were not part of the peaceful hundreds of thousands of people rallying to support their president. On the Senate side, Democrats are intent on holding Senator Ted Cruz and Senator Josh Hawley accountable for leading the Electoral College challenge. Oh well. Hawley was photographed giving a fist bump to a Trump supporter shortly before some of those supposed Trump supporters stormed the U.S. Capitol. He pushed ahead with his electoral vote challenge even after the building was cleared. Well, so what? He's supposed to change his mind because some radicals got in the building? Don't be f***ing retarded. Sorry, folks. Hawley has already experienced fallout for his role in the Wednesday mayhem. He didn't have a role. You morons, he had no role in it. In an editorial, the Kansas City Star said the first-term senator has blood on his hands. And the publisher, the liberal publisher, Simon & Schuster, canceled the publication of his upcoming book over, quote, what they're calling his role that became a dangerous threat to our democracy and freedom. The cancel culture, folks. They're trying to cancel anyone with an opinion that goes against the ultra-liberal leftist socialist agenda. Now, while it might pass the Democrat-controlled House, the prospect of that idiot Miss Bush's bill passing the Senate with a two-thirds majority are indeed remote at best. More likely to succeed, according to this article, are the current motions being discussed to censure Brooks and other members of the GOP. Censure in the case of someone like Brooks is very easy, said Democrat Congressman Tom Melanowski of New Jersey. If it passed, it would require Brooks to stand in the well of the House and listen to a formal reading of his condemnation by his House colleagues. It's a scarlet letter, Melanowski said. What? What's so bad about having to stand there in the well of the House of Representatives and have a little over half of the representatives call you out and say that they don't like you very much? I don't think Mo Brooks really gives a rat's narrow, furry, tight little ass whether or not they talk bad about him in the House. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Yes, folks, it is getting scary out there, and more and more, day by day, hour by hour, and minute by minute, it is starting to look like what we were taught Russia was all about back in the 1960s and 1970s. Our freedom of speech, our freedom of expression, our freedom to our own right to an opinion is being constantly challenged and erased, taken away from us. We can't continue to tolerate this. And I would like to make this one thing perfectly clear. Your host, Steve Z, is not inciting violence or insurrection. I'm not calling you to arms. I'm simply saying elections will come 
and you will have the opportunity once again, hopefully, to vote these clowns out of office. That is, if the vote ever returns to some semblance of normalcy, of integrity, of honesty, of fairness. The way things are going with the electronification of our voting system and the ability to manipulate votes with the shutting off of counting in the middle of the night and the magical appearance by the vote fairy of sometimes hundreds of thousands of votes for the opponent, I truly wonder if we'll ever have another fair and free election in this ever-socialist-leaning nation of ours. That's going to do it for this afternoon's edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day, and we'll see you next time. Meanwhile, down at the permit department at City Hall... Next! Yeah, look here. I'm letting to get a permit to do some protesting down by the police station this Saturday morning with about 400 of my homies, you heard? What's the purpose of your protest, baby? Uh, we want to protest the treatment of black folks by Donald Trump. Political affiliation, darling? Uh, we vote Democrat, you heard? I mean, you know, who else I'm going to vote for, a girl? Any other affiliations? Yeah, look here. BLM, Antifa, Infact, Black Bloc, Reparations Now, the New Panthers, you know, all of them. I'll be hanging with everybody, you heard? Okay, your permit's approved, darling. And don't forget to keep voting D in the next election. Helps me to keep my job down here at the permit department, you heard? Yay, sister, I heard you. Next! Um, good morning. I would like to apply for a permit to do some public activism work in the city. Some what? Some political what? Uh, pardon me. I'm seeking an application to obtain a permit so that some of my colleagues and contemporaries can participate in a redress of grievances against certain activities that we do not condone, subscribe to, or affirm. Look, mister, I don't know what you just be said, but it sounds like y'all finna get violent in public, so I'm gonna have to deny your permit. Is there someone I can speak to, ma'am? We've mentioned no violence, no disorder whatsoever. We simply would like to address our grievances in a peaceable assembly. It's our constitutional right. Look, baby, you're going to have to stay right here and wait on my supervisor. Don't you move now, you heard? It was at that moment that he knew he was screwed. Several police officers came out and escorted him from the building. He was never seen again. Welcome to America. Thank you for listening to The Truth Hurts with Steve Z. We look forward to our next visit. Opinions expressed here are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing. Background music credits to Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program was produced at Studio 63, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. We'll see you next time. Music